my father was alive at the time, and he said to me, he said, Billy, he said, become an exterminator. He says, the bed bugs are back, and they're not going away. He says, they're going to be here for a long time. And I kind of took his advice, and he was proved to be right. Um, my dad was born in the late 20s, so he told me that just before World War II, um, bed bugs were all over New York. He said it was a nightmare, you know, you just couldn't never get rid of them. So America started using a chemical called DDT, and we pretty much wiped out all the bed bugs in America. And again, this is in the 40s and 50s. So now you fast forward a little bit to the 70s, and airfare becomes so much more affordable that everybody and anybody is now traveling. And this is how bed bugs got back into the United States and started spreading all over again. Man, a bed bug sure is evil. He don't mean me no good. Man, a bed bug sure is evil. He don't mean me no good. He thinks I'm a woodpecker and he takes me for a chunk of wood. When I lay down at night, I wonder how can a poor man sleep? When I lay down at night, I wonder how can a poor man sleep? When some holding your hand while the other ones eat your feet. a jackass will bite you and stand and grin bad bugs big as a jackass will bite you and stand and grin so this background music is Lonnie Johnson's Mean Old Bedbug Blues from 1927 I've lived through bedbugs as a kid and I can truly attest to its authenticity what you heard before that was lead exterminator Billy Swan from Brooklyn-based company NYC Pest Control. In this episode, he'll be talking with us about some of what he's encountered while helping people who are often at their wits' end to deal with bugs and rats and in infestations. It's not at all pretty, but Billy really does help people regain their sanity. So, without further ado, let's listen to a few of these cringeworthy yet fascinating stories. Billy will also tell us some useful information about how to deal with the potential of bed bugs in hotel rooms. I have to set up all night long. My feet can't touch the floor. My brother Kenny and his wife actually own the company, and I'm their lead exterminator. I run what's going on out in the street. So we're in Park Slope, Brooklyn, or actually, I guess it's uh, Carroll Gardens, Brooklyn. I'm sorry, the neighborhoods are so close. We service all five boroughs, and we have 24-hour emergency service. It's not very often that you need it, but... Your emergency service is usually the people that are just discovering bed bugs in the middle of the night and freaking out. Bed bugs are primarily our specialty as far as, you know, if we wanted to be known as something, it, I think our bed bug reviews on Yelp and other customers that we've had 
probably says that that's what we specialize in the most. When I was growing up, I noticed that I was getting these sort of itchy red uh, bites on my toes. And then I ran into these bugs and I took the bug and when I would I this is going to be disgusting. But when I squished it, it had this sort of almost like a, a cherry kind of smell to it. Uh, there were no real Internet or anything back then. I just figured it out that it was bed bugs. But for whatever reason, back then when I was a kid, I was kind of too ashamed to share it with my parents. And so I lived with these bed bugs probably for over a year until eventually I went off to uh, to school somewhere else. You know, I, I lived in, in, a, in a basement apartment with my roommate in Montreal. I mean, we, we would get cockroaches, whatever, and I'm like, cockroaches are nothing, man. I, I can deal with cockroaches. <laughs> That's everybody's response after bed bugs. That's so funny. I mean, it affected me a great deal when I was a kid because it's not like a mosquito bite. It was it, that's these bites are intensely itchy, and I, I don't I don't know how anyone can cope with living with bed bugs. Right. Well, um, some people aren't even aware they have them because they're not reactive to it, meaning they're not allergic to the bite. Um, well, it's actually not even a bite. They're not allergic to the bed bugs chemicals that they put in your body. Um, you know, they put something in to stop you from coagulating and something in you to uh, dull your nerves, um, you know, your pain. And that's what most people are allergic to. They don't even get, I mean, they don't even get the, the bite, whatever you want to call it, the, the itchy spot at all. Nothing. They, they're totally unaware that they're being feasted on. You know where they, where they got the design for the hypodermic needle, right? No. From a mosquito. Oh, yeah, okay. A mosquito's pointer that they stab you with is exactly where they invented the hypodermic needle from. And they're, they're identical to the bed bug in the way they feast on you. I think I would rather actually take the 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 uh, the itchiness because at least then I know I've got something. I, I don't know, maybe it's just psychological, but I for me it's even worse. I would rather know myself. Just about two or three weeks ago, a woman called me that she found a bug dressing her daughter, thought nothing of it, um, went back in the room, saw another one, grabbed it with a paper towel, and it squished into blood. So she called me about bed bugs. Uh, so, you know, there's a long, hard preparation involved in getting treated for bed bugs. You got to wash, dry, clean everything in your apartment, just about anything made of fabric, um, all the edges, well, whatever. So I go to this woman's apartment and it's spotless. I mean, you could eat off the floor. It's so clean. So I'm tending to believe her that she found two bed bugs, but two is weird. One is a stray, two is something's going on. Um, I lifted up her daughter's mattress and there was about a hundred bugs on there. Oh my God. And, and her daughter didn't have no marks on her or anything. And this lady broke down hysterical crying. She felt that she failed as a parent, not knowing. But what I was saying to you earlier about if you're not reactive to it, until you catch a bug or start seeing blood stains and put two and two together, you uh, you just don't know. This guy, I mean, sh that's got to be a drain. If you've got hundreds of bugs feasting off of you, I mean, I know they only eat once every what, like three to five days or something. Between three and five days for an adult, eggs hatch between seven and ten days, and they must feed right away. So like, uh, yeah, but the, the weird thing is that when I moved into this house, in, this was actually in Saskatchewan. It's just a province north of North Dakota. So when, when we moved there where the, the winters get fierce cold, 
Um, I mean, they must have been like uh, in deep hibernation or something because that house was empty for some time. Well, you got to remember something. Although they eat your blood, they don't have blood in them. So they don't freeze. Number one. Number two, when an adult bed bug under the right conditions can go approximately a year and a half without eating. They go into like some kind of frozen animation where they just stay still and don't move. They exert very little energy. A bug comes out, feasts on you, and goes right back where it came. That's why after a short period of time, you find trail lines of blood. So this is a, this is crazy. So basically, I mean, this is mad difficult to to get rid of. I mean, these bugs. I mean, you could stick them on a spaceship and send them to Mars, and they, they'd make it. They'd make the trip by the sounds of it. Absolutely, and they seem smart to me. They, they, they really seem smart to me. Um, I did an article for a, a, a blogging website called The Gothamist or something like that. Yeah, I'm looking at this right now. This uh, Brooklyn exterminator shares his best bed bug horror stories. Right. So there's two of those stories that if I ever get Alzheimer's, I'll remember. Um, and the first one that comes to my mind is the Polish man I went to. A really nice, hardworking guy, you know. Uh, I would guess he's in his mid to late fifties or just looked older and rugged for his age or something. But anyway, um, I go to his house and he's got his bed up in the air and underneath it, he's got five gallon buckets of water surrounding <laughs> the lake. And he's going crazy that the bugs are still getting him. And I find the bugs on the bed and I go, look, they're here on the bed. He goes, I know. He goes, I get them off. He goes, and then they come back. I'm looking at the wall and there was a trail going from the baseboard up the wall crossed the light and they were dropping down on this guy. So there has to be some kind of intelligence in them. Has to be. That that's too much of a reasoning power. That that that's crazy. I mean, and that's like something out of straight out of a horror flick, honestly. That's just so ghastly. Yeah. I, I just picture this poor man, you know, he was losing his mind. I, I mean that's the thing. It's a real psychological thing. I mean, uh, people I guess people don't realize it. It's not the same as, you know, you know, ants I can deal with, uh, uh, cockroaches. I mean, I remember I was living in a basement apartment with my roommate and we'd invite girls over and, you know, we'd see the wall moving. So we'd, you know, distract the girls like, oh God, cockroach. Okay, whatever. Right. Play it cool. But that's one thing, but at least, you know, cockroaches, they're, they're not chowing down on you. I mean, they might carry some sort of illness probably. I'm not really sure, but, uh, these bed bugs and they're indestructible too. I mean, when you, when you need to get rid of these things, it's a, it's a big deal, right? Absolutely. Um, when a bed bug is hungry, when he hasn't fed after three or five days, he becomes flat. And if you can imagine the thickness of a slice of paper, how many places can you hide that at an eighth of an inch to a quarter of an inch big at that thickness? You can hide that almost anywhere. So these bugs are masters at hiding. Um, one of their downfalls are that they hide very close to where we are. So we get a lot of clues on, um, how to do it. So the preparation is becoming more and more of a science and the spraying has definitely become more of a science, um, using the right mixture of chemicals, spraying appropriately, knowing what areas should be hit a second time or relooked at, um, under under good cooperation, and I say that because if the people don't do their side, no matter how good of an exterminator you get, you'll never get rid of your bugs. The cleaning and the preparation is 
75 to 90% of the job, really. Um, because the females, once they get pregnant, there's two running theories. One, that they could have babies indefinitely, and the other is up to 75. But whichever case you look at, it's pretty scary to think one bug can drop 75 babies that in a month, month and a half's time are going to start producing their own babies. Yeah, that's like, that's like, I don't know, us versus the bugs, man. I mean, uh, it's uh, it's uh, kind of a scary thought. I was actually reading The Gothamist here, and I'll put a link to it in the uh, show notes. And there was one story that just completely made my skin crawl. Um, you actually went to this guy's uh, single occupancy unit, and you 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 got in there, and you I guess from a distance it looked like the you know the wall was moving a bit. There were dots on the wall that were moving, and you know I'm at first I'm just picturing okay it's just a few it's just some roaches right, which is already pretty horrible. But uh, basically, according to this, you got cl even closer, and it turns out that these weren't just black dots. The wall was just moving with bed bugs. Yeah, that's that's probably one of my biggest horror stories ever. So the the story to that is I was on general maintenance at the time. I wasn't a specialist. I didn't have my own company or anything like that. I was just a regular exterminator. And I was doing a route. So with the SROs, they use a bathroom in the hallway, and they all have like a little refrigerator. So you just spray the perimeter of the room and by the refrigerator. Um, man sitting on his couch, which is his bed, like a futon, um, watching TV. And when I first spoke to the guy, I think I say it in that article about the bumps on his face. Um, he was very hard to look at. And I'm, not that I'm gorgeous or anything like that. Just this guy's face was covered in bites. And when I'm looking at him, I'm looking at the wall behind it. And it does look like the wall's moving to me. And I got really nervous. I stop. I look. I look at the wall. And I can't believe that I'm actually looking at that many bed bugs. I, I never heard of it. I never saw it like that. You know, that was my first experience of, of a nightmare. Um, and when I said it to the guy, it was, he was nonchalant. He knew the bugs were there. I didn't care. You know, part of my religion, we don't kill bugs. I, I, I didn't know what to do. I said, okay, and I left. I, to this day, that, that still gives my head. Oh, it makes me disgusted to think about that day. That, I mean, that is that is the stuff of like, uh, you know, yeah, proper nightmare horror films. You can't have these things eating you. If you don't want to kill them, you, you got to remove yourself or them from where you are, right? Somehow. And if you're not going to kill them, then you're going to be the one who has to be removed from that spot. I, you, I can't see staying somewhere and letting thousands of bugs eat on me every day. Hey, guys, this is Bill. This is Phineas. And together, we're the Tattooed Bananas. We do a comedy podcast, and on our comedy podcast, we talk about all kinds of wacky crap, like... Nutscaping. I'll tuck you in tonight. <laughs> Turning your funeral into a funeral. Can I have an ice pop? Can I have a candy? Dick fishing, furniture banging, and so much more. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and connect with us with the Potter and Family hashtag on Twitter. Yeah, don't forget to check out the Instagram. Throw a bag of bagels at someone's head. These days, you know, uh, when we go into a hotel, we try to look around the mattress. I mean, do, do you have any suggestions maybe on uh, if someone is traveling and they get to a hotel room? Are there any tricks to maybe know whether or not the place might be infested? Okay. Um, see, infested is a hard word because all you need is a couple. 
And it's really not an infestation with a couple, but yet the potential to become an infestation is there with one. Now, a lot of hotels, what they do is they'll have an exterminator come, say, twice a month. And if there are 20 rooms that are not being occupied, they get to spray 20 rooms. Um, and then, you know, they make a list. So, like, let's just say room number one is occupied the two times the exterminator comes. They know the next time the exterminator comes, like, not to rent that room. To combat it, you would obviously look under the mattress. You would look more behind the headboard and in the bed frame. Okay, again, you know, we were talking about bed bugs being intelligent animals, and I really believe it because they may be on the seams of your mattress, but they're going to be as close to you as possible that's very safe for them, which is usually a crack in a crevice in a piece of uh, the bed frame. These are areas that don't get more vibration and they're less likely to be crushed. Remember, when a bed bug feeds on you, he swells up to twice the size. A small little push will pop him. It's when he's not fed that he's really hard to kill. So these are the places. So like if you had like a credit card or a business card, you might want to try to run it through any kind of crack or crevice that you could be aware of that has like a dark side to it. You know what I mean? The inside part of the frame, the behind the headboard. They're not going to be out in the open. They're, they're bright animals. But to be honest, it's going to be extremely hard because you're going to be looking for a bug that's probably flat and in hiding and only two or three of them may be there. Maybe one, you know? Yeah. Um, you're probably not going to be able to find them. So the next best thing is to make sure you don't go home with them. And that you can easily do. So I tell a lot of people inside your luggage, keep two large, clear garbage bags. One that your luggage can fit in and another one for all the contents of it. So when you get to your hotel, you take out your two garbage bags, you put one right over the suitcase so nothing can crawl in or out of that suitcase. And the other one you use for your dirty laundry. When you're getting ready to leave, you put it all in your suitcase, you go home, you wash everything. Even if you didn't wear an item, it all gets washed. You spray the inside of your luggage very thoroughly with rubbing alcohol in a spray bottle, put the luggage back in the plastic, tie it up, and leave it until the next time you're going to use it. And you will not go home with a bed bug that way. Please, Walter, there's something outside the door. My God, look at the rats. I had this one guy call me up. I didn't actually go to his house. Um, told me that he had a mouse problem and he went to church and people at the church told him to break up a light bulb and put it in peanut butter. Uh-huh. So the guy went home and did this. That's an old trick for rats, by the way. You break up glass and put it in food for them. Um, but you have to break it up so small because it's just picture. If you bit something, you'd spit it out, right? The rats the same way. <laughs> and these mice ate all the peanut butter but spit the glass out in his shoes to get him. <laughs> this story gets better. Um, he went back to church and the people told him he should get an exterminator. He went home and a rat was waiting for him in the middle of the room, chirping at him, not to call an exterminator. <laughs> so at that point I had to get off the phone with the guy because he was nuts, but he called back about 20 times. So, you know, rats mess with people's minds. I guess there were people that, uh, extremely extremely shaken over a rat when the last few times i've been down to new york city i I noticed two things well okay first of all i love new york there's there's this energy there's this vibe as soon as i get out step out of the subway it just hits me and it's energizing right 
But two things. The first thing I notice is that it, in the summer, it always uh, kind of smells like garbage, right? At at least downtown. And, and in, in, the, in the subway stations, especially, you know, Grand Central, some of these, uh, you know, downtown, it, it smells like, like cattle to me. It smells like, yeah, literally cows. You got to remember how many people are using these transportation hubs daily. You know, yeah. You large, large amounts of people. Well, one thing we noticed when we were down there is that we, I mean, in, in the actual like subway uh, tracks, they had these signs and it said something along the lines of recently redenticized. Right. right. So what they're doing is it's an ongoing treatment plan to try to eradicate the subway systems of rats. New, New York City has a very bad problem with rats. Here's the thing with rats. Rats prefer fresh food. So bait that we use for rats, I tell people, take the analogy that it's like medicine from the doctor. If you get sick, you want mom's chicken soup before you want to try the antibiotics or the cough medicine the doctor gave you a prescription for. Um, it's the same thing with rats. They prefer to go in garbage and find fresh food than eat this poison bait that we put out. Um, although they're always bringing out something new, it just seems like after a very short period of time, the rats realize that that's poison and it's the last thing they're going to eat. Um, again, with the amount of people you have, all you need is, you know, one or two percent of them to throw their garbage behind them. And, and you can imagine the situation you have in the feeding frenzy you have for these things. So rats in New York are just always going to be here. Always. With the underground system we have, it's a city underneath the city. And, you know, people just passing by, you're just leaving them food and they're in that second city. And occasionally they come up to the top and start living there. I actually saw things moving uh, down there and, and I don't know, it must have been the shadows or something, but they look pretty big, those rats. I have friends who have rats as pets and they're not dumb rats. They're pretty smart. Extremely intelligent. Um, the more you learn about rats, the more and more respect you get for them. I can tell you so much about rats. So first, talking about the size. So I can tell you this, I've seen rats half the size of my cat and that to me is a big rat. You know, my cat's 10, 12 pounds, these things, four or five pounds. Um, I don't care what they say in those books. I've seen monster rats. I was kind of getting at that. They, they were not your, your typical cutesy white rats. They were kind of, they look kind of darkish colored and they were, right. they looked big. <laughs> yeah. Sewer rats. They, they are big and they're fat. They, and like I said, I don't care what they teach you. I've seen crazy looking rats. I've seen big old rats. I picked them up with shovels and said, wow, this thing's way over a pound. Um, and they teach the generations. So if you have like a rat family of 10 or 15 rats and five of them get killed with snap traps, the other 10 will never go near a snap trap again. Right. You, you know, you follow what I'm saying? And their offspring are not going to go near a tra snap trap. They adapt really quick. And at the same time, they are no good to their environment changing almost overnight. They get stressed out very easy. Um, so rats follow what's called a kinetic trail. If you see a rat on the left side of the wall, every single time you ever see that rat, he'll be on the left side of that wall unless something chased him away. Wow. Um, yeah. So they're the way we hunt rats because they have very, very distinctive um, habits, but they adapt constantly to whatever you do. Couple more questions. First of all, uh, since you started, I mean, is there any kind of take home? Is there is there anything like major life lesson 
that you might have learned during that time? It would probably be personal um, along the lines of if you have a roof over your head, you have food in your refrigerator, there's electric in your house. You have a lot more than people I go see. People just can't afford to do what they got to do to get rid of bed bugs. So after a while, it's like, I got bed bugs. What do you want me to tell you? It makes me appreciate my family a lot more. Um, I'm also the type of guy that if I come across a person in need, I, I always try to help them. If I don't think that they can afford it and I can work them into my schedule, I will do it for free. Um, I'm not just a person that's in it for the money. I really, you know, want to make a difference. When you see children getting bit up by bed bugs and you know you got the stuff to stop that, you're heartless if the dollar is the only thing stopping you from doing it. Um, that's just my personal philosophy on that. So they're the things you see. Um, other than that, I guess, you know, everybody's always curious about how one way of life lives compared to the other. And being an exterminator, you get to see every walk of life. You know, I could go from a guy that doesn't have a dollar in his pocket in the morning to going to see a guy who's got 10 million. And the guy without a dollar was more generous and hospitable than the millionaire. You know, you got those stories all the time. As far as bed bugs go, more than any other pest, you become more friendly and closer to your clients than you do for, say, a typical mouse job or a roach job. You know, you're there, you do your job, you go. But with bed bugs, people, they need to be reassured that what you did works. Uh, you know, you got to help them along the process of cleaning things. You just see all the complications that, that arise from situation to situation. You know, you go to a house where there's not a speck of dust on the floor and it's going to be pretty easy for you to get rid of bed bugs there because everything you need to do is open and clean. Whereas in these other apartments, you don't have access to even the baseboards in the room. I was just going to say, I guess you just get an appreciation for yourself and know that, you know, your worst day could possibly be some of these people's best day. And remember, almost everybody I deal with when I'm dealing with bed bugs are going through the worst moments of their life. Um, everybody describes bed bugs as the biggest nightmare you can have. They're intimate. They're in our beds. You know, they, 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 they come down our bodies while we're sleeping. It's not a lot of people can uh, just deal with that, I guess. So, Billy, thanks so, so much for being on the show. I really appreciate that, Sean. Um, it was great speaking to you. I hope that I was entertaining and informative to your listeners. If you ever need to do it again, just give me a call. Well, that's the end of this episode. I really hope you enjoyed it. Remember, you can listen to other episodes over at shareslicepodcast.com. You can also subscribe to the show over at iTunes, Stitcher, or any other service where fine podcasts are sold for free. You can learn more about Billy and NYC Pest Control at nycgopest.com. Check out their excellent reviews over at Yelp, too. If you use them, tell them you heard about it on this podcast. A link to their website and the Gothamist blog post we refer to often will also be in the show notes. Remember that the intro and outro music is, as always, by Chromatics Music, K-R-O-M-A-T-I-K-S, and it's used with permission. You can find a link to them in the show notes as well. I also want to thank Document Records for giving me permission to play Lonnie Johnson's 1927 song, 
Mean Old Bedbugs Blues. A link to the Documents Records purchase page is in the show notes. Go check it out. The Scary Rat Sample intro is a portion of the trailer for the 1971 movie Willard. And it's an excellent, excellent watch. I recommend it. So thanks so much for listening. And I really hope you'll be back next week. <laughs>